Let's go, boys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope you are having a great week. It is hump day. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday, which means another episode of the Street Press Podcast. If it's your first time here, this is all about the music industry. We get anyone on and we just have a chat about whatever. This one today is a good one. It's a returning guest, my good friend Blake Tires. We met actually doing this podcast about a year ago. I had him on. We were talking about his song at the time, which was Days, Weeks, Months and Years. And he sort of, a lot has happened since then. He's just gotten back from a UK tour. He went over there with a friend, Ed Barnes. They played a bunch of shows. I think they played something like 16 shows over there. He's got an EP coming out this week. So I thought, you know, let's get him back. Let's get a returning guest. I think he's their second returning guest that we've had on the street press. The guy before him was the Kevin Bull, uh, my good friend, the photographer. But yeah, Blake, I said, come on, mate, get on this podcast. Let's talk about your new EP that's coming out and uh, talk about a bunch of other things. We chat about train rides to Canberra. Um, The day after I interviewed him, he had just ventured all the way to Canberra to see Lagwagon. That's when you know you love your punk rock music, when you are dedicated enough to jump on a train three hours away and go and check them out. Love that story. Talk about the tour of England and how they booked it, he and Ed. It's, like I say, in this interview, it's it's a brave thing to do to just sort of just get up and go, all right, let's just go to a place we've never been before or never toured before and give it a crack. So we talk about the booking process. We talk about another thing that Blake and I always like to talk about, (laughs) whether it's, you know, on air, as I'll say, on the podcast or, you know, when we're just chatting normally is uh, some days you get great shows where everyone turns up and then other days you get shows where, uh, where no one turns up. So <laughs> we talk about that. And this is what I love about Blake. Blake is a road dog. He is one of those guys that it doesn't matter. Look, if he gets to just jump on a stage and play his music to anyone, whether it be the sound tech or hundreds of people in a room, he's happy as Larry either way. So we talk about the bad shows. We talk about this EP that's coming out this Friday. It's got an extraordinary name. And I don't know if this is a coincidence or or his mind was playing tricks on him, but the guy that he has on the EP with him has also played on an EP of the same name before. So that one's a bit weird. We we chat about poetry, our favourite poets, and we talk about Fangstock. Fangstock is happening in December. Fangs, we've had them on the show before as well. They are headlining this massive festival in December, just before Christmas, that you'll probably want to grab your tickets to. It's only in Sydney, though, so any Sydney-siders out there, you'll uh, you'll want to check out the bill for Fangstock. It's amazing. It's happening at the Lady Hampshire. But first of all, let's get Blake Atiris on. Let's pick his brain about what's been happening since we last spoke on the podcast. Here he is. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good, man. Tell me about the coffee machine. Uh, well, I was making a coffee, my second for the day, and then turned it on. There were lights flashing that don't normally flash. Yeah, and then it just it wouldn't start, wouldn't do anything, and I was like, what the fuck? This thing cost me like 500 bucks. Like, 
can and that was half price as well like this thing cost me a lot of money please don't blow up on me please don't break i need this i need coffee i'm glad it didn't blow up on you i actually thought that maybe you were going to miss out on the zoom call because this <laughs> thing was on fire or <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it definitely could have been worse how's your day been what did you do today um, I kind of just recovered. So I went, I sent you that, that video. That's last right. Night. You sent me the video last night of Lindsay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your <laughs> mate, my mate too. But, um, so he's playing with Lagwagon at the moment. Oh, that's right. He put up the chord charts the other night. Yeah. And my mate Grace that did some of the Victorian shows with them, like supporting was like, I got to drive back to Queensland and their show is on the way. Do you want to meet me in Canberra? And I'll put you on the door. And I was like, Yes. Nice. 100%. Like they're playing in Sydney this this week or tomorrow night, and I've you know I'm I work weekends, so couldn't do it. So uh, that was just perfect. And I had the day off yesterday, so I went I went in there and we watched the show. And then Lindsay was and, and Dave the drummer put me on the door. He's like, "Any friend of Grace is a friend of mine." So I was like, "Fuck oh, that's yeah, cool." And how were they? They were unreal. It was so good. And um, like side of stage, you get a different sound, but just. <laughs> Half yeah. the banter from the crowd was yelling out like friends or rom stuff or like ABC stuff. Lindsay's like, <laughs> why are there people from ABC here? What is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been weird for the lag wagon guys to just be like, holy yeah. shit, this guy's so popular. This guy that's just yeah. sort of standing in. Yeah. I, I think they really like him. I, I think they like, he gets along really well with them. But Joey was like, no, please continue, like through the mic, like on stage, like, no, continue. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. Like, I have no idea what's going on, but it's great. Oh, that's sick, man. That's so good. Yeah, they're one of the bands I haven't I haven't seen. I interviewed Joey a long time ago. Mm. Um when I was first starting out doing this. But um, but yeah, no, I'd love to see Lagwagon play. So you drove to Canberra last night. You live in Sydney, right? I got I got a train there. I got a train there. I train. Yeah, I was I mean, I'm all I'm a bit of a workaholic. So with that having said, like any opportunity to get out of the house, I, I see as like a, a healthy, reasonable good. thing to do. So uh, I was like, fuck it. I don't have, I mean, I have things to do, but they can wait. Yeah, soaked up some of the cultural sites and um, it was a wholesome day. Then met up with Grace and the boys at the basement. And a packed house. Yeah, I was I was thinking, I was like, Canberra, like I've played at the basement before. Hmm. Always like as a session bassist in other people's bands. And it's always been like a ghost town. Not a ghost town, like a handful of people here and there. But I was like, how is this going to go? Because my experience at Canberra is not great. Mm. Sketch Method played. I really like Sketch Method. Um, and Brooklyn Comic from Wollongong as well. Um, and by the time Lagwagon played, there were probably like 200. I could be wrong. Pretty good crowd for a Wednesday night. Yeah, no. From my guesstimate, that was that was the night. But it was, yeah, it was, it was a good, good show. I had a good time. I really enjoyed it. I, I haven't been to the basement, but I was supposed to go on a tour and one of the tours stops was at the basement in Canberra and uh, and then COVID came. So I still haven't been there, but uh, I've heard it's a great venue. I know you were talking about how busy you've been and I can see in the background of you on the Zoom call, you've got your, uh, you got your tour there. Now, for those that don't know, you packed up your things and you headed over to the UK, I think, with with a friend of yours, tell me about that experience. It's um, it's kind of brave to just go. I'm just jumping on a plane and off I go and taking my mate with me. How how were the shows? Um, well, in a way, I think Ed kind of took me with him. It was his initial idea, and um, we started planning like six months beforehand. Uh, so Ed Barnes was the guy that I went with, and like we've known each other for ages. Our first 
interaction was like he was playing bass in one of my best friend's bands and his bass like cocked it two days before or maybe the day before they were meant to support stiff little fingers and my mate's like my friend has a jazz bass like a fender jazz that is like like a u.s standard a good quality american standard fender jazz do you want to borrow that so he came over and he borrowed it and that's just been the story ever since it's like the first time i met and he he introduced that like at the start of every show it's like the first time i met this guy he lent me my bass so my band could support st- stiff little fingers and stiff little fingers being from the uk like the crowd were like oh my god that's amazing yeah, yeah. so it was initially his idea he was planning it and the time in my like the time in my life i was really kind of like i really felt like hemmed in or stuck and which is the premise for a lot of like the 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 body of work that this ep is that's coming out um and i saw him post that status and i was like hey man you are totally allowed to say no but do you reckon we could do this together like i need to get the fuck out of this country and not that i don't like australia but i need to get out of the country and he's like yeah man and it turned out to just be way easier like doing it together like logistics admin wise sorting everything out accommodation car rental all that kind of stuff be way easier sorting it out together than doing it by myself and so in a way he kind of took me with him because it was his idea but i was like i need to do that how about we do it together we played it must have been like 16 shows or something maybe 13 shows and we only had one bad show attendance wise you and i've spoken about shows and attendance i think in the last podcast so how many were there on the worst one five people i think that's still better (laughs) Still better than some gigs. <laughs> I remember I remember Frank Turner saying in an interview once, it's like if it counts as a show if there are more people in the crowd than on the stage. Yeah, so, well, that's, a, that's a good way of, uh, <laughs> of saying it. Um, so there were five people, which is great because we're a soloist, so it all counts. But um, the reason it was low attendance was one of the people on the lineup was sick and didn't end up playing. Right. And he made the announcement. He's like, hey, I can't play tonight. I'm sick. And the other reason was it was in Brighton, and as I think everyone knows, English people love their football. Brighton were playing for the first time in the FA Cup semi-final that night Ah. in London. And the other band that we played with were like, look, man, I'm going to be honest, Brighton's in the semi-final. No one's going to show up tonight. I'm like, (laughs) all right, fair enough. All right, I'll take it. At least you did it. Like sometimes you get the feel, right? You get to a venue and you're like – well, I just don't think this gig's going to have a lot of people at it. Yeah. Um, but you still do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, it'd be like you you can't not. It's like uh, what would the word be? It's sacrilegious. It's illegal. You have to do the show mm-hmm. um, and stick through it. And, you know, the five people that show up had a great time. Um, there was another show that we walked into where, like, we thought was going to be the most. We walked in and were like, oh, there's only one way to handle this show. We get as drunk as possible. Like, <laughs> That's the only way. And it turned out to be the best, not because we got as drunk as possible, but, but like we walked in, it was this old school English kind of pub, like the roof was really low. It was really like authentic in the most authentic way you can say the word authentic. Yeah. We walk in and we're like, I've got a bad feeling about this show. This could be a bit of, this could be the low point in the tour. Um, And it turned, by the time, like half an hour before we played, I think like 30, 40 people filed in, like they just knew the gig was on and they showed up and it was, you know, the locals that just, that love live music. And it turned out to be one of the best shows of the tour. And it was just so surreal how that works. And I think a lot of people that have toured before can speak to that experience um, of, yeah, you walk into a, a venue and you're like, I don't know about this one tonight. 
and then just for some reason just surpasses all your expectations, blows them all out of the water. You two, you do pretty well with your streams and whatnot, but how do you go in a foreign country, how do you go promoting something like that? You know, how do you go getting your 30, 40 bums on the seat? Are you are you going over there doing um, flyer drops or poster drops and before the show? Like are you doing Facebook ads? How does it operate? Um, we didn't do any of that. We kind of just rely. It was just who is dumb enough to play a show with us. Um, but it wasn't really like that. It was like we, so 90% of the people we reached out to um, got back to us, whether they said yes or no was different, different statistic. But the fact that they got back to us was amazing. And from that, we like cultivated like a list of people that were keen and tried to map out the tour. And for, for the most part, it was like supportive. Like we liked their music. They liked our music. They were keen to put it on and we were kind of surprised by the enthusiasm because we're like, we're two people from the other side of the planet that don't know anyone in this country. Like this could be awful. And it was just like, it was, I'd say to everyone, like it's just another world over there, like the the cultural difference in terms of like how important they place art and live music in their their lives. Mm -hmm. Like people will go to the shows. I feel like there's a much more politically charged music industry, music scene, in the UK, I think there's just a bit a bit more tension over there than there is here. Like not to say Australia doesn't have political tension, but I think it's a bit more intense over there. And so that gives birth, gives rise to a lot of more, a lot more um, politi- politically charged music. And as a result, music is a massive part of their culture um, as, as a way to express that frustration. And um, people actually came to the shows. People actually bought the merch. Um, I maybe came back with like i i brought a full order of merch over with me and i probably came back with five shirts like i was so keen to sell it out and i didn't i love that so much i love the fact that you know you've packed up you've gone fourteen thousand kilometers away and um there are people out there so far away rocking your t-shirts like i love that that's that's so good and how important is it when you're putting together shows in a country like that Obviously, there's probably not a lot of money there, but to bring merch, merch helps pay the bills, doesn't it, while you're on the road? Absolutely. And because touring is so much more like a part of their culture, like everything's so close together, and then you've got Europe over the pond, like over the the channel, touring is a thing and they understand that. So like when you say like, hey, like, you, you know, by the way, I have merch for sale. It helps put petrol in the tank to get to the next show. By the way, petrol in the UK, like the pound is almost like two for one. And on top of that, they have the same like figures for petrol. So it's like one pound 90 or two pounds a liter for petrol, right. which is basically like twice as expensive, um, <laughs> which was mind blowing for us. Um, you know, no one bats an eye over there. They're just used to it. But yeah. um, so like, but they appreciate that, like, help us get to the next town. Like we you put petrol in the car, pays for our Weatherspoon breakfast. So um, <laughs> you got to eat, man. You yeah, got to eat. eat oxygen. So um <laughs> How did you and Ed get along? Great. I'm a bit older than Ed, but Ed, I think, has more touring experience than I do. I've had my fair share of, like, going internationally, touring for, like, two, three weeks um, or four weeks at a time. But Ed has kind of, like, in his old band, just road-dogged it up and down the east coast of Australia. So he's he's used to being in the space of four other sweaty dudes in a van that doesn't have aircon and not pissing people off. Yeah. So um, we had, like, we had a really good dynamic and we could kind of tell early on if we needed space 
easy and fun and just low drama hanging out with Ed. I would definitely do it again with him. He's great. I, I love Ed. We're actually playing a show which just got announced today. We can talk about yeah, it later. Yeah, I saw that. Thangstock. Yeah. yeah. To Ed, it's like, dude, this is like my 18th show with you this year. And he's like, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that show's going to be sick. We'll get to that in a minute. But your uh, EP, let's start with the uh, – it's coming out this month. Let's start with the the, the title of it. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's a bit of a mouthful. I just kind of come across this um, this new obsession with um, literature and poetry and really delving into um, um, that kind of stuff and learning, whereas it's like the polar opposite of how I felt about education 15 years ago when i'm at school like i could not give one shit about the fact that i had to read frankenstein and compare it intertextuality compare the intertextuality with blade runner and it's like i couldn't tell you i definitely want to read frankenstein again but i couldn't tell you how it goes because i did not care back then i've just become so much more obsessed with literature now and i came across this idiom rearranging deck chairs on the on the titanic and i was like this is weird this is really interesting. And I kind of like waxed philosophical about it. You know, the ship is sinking, but for some reason you're just like, well, I'm just going to, you know, fill it with the chairs, rearrange them, move them around, just find something to do with my time while the ship is sinking. And that's essentially kind of like how we are all living. I kind of found a silver lining in that, in that um, negativity is like, well, if that's the case, if we know it's going to end, why don't we just find the most exciting fulfilling way to fill that time um and that for me is um music and forming meaningful connections with people and having a good time um and so that was kind of the 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 story behind my reasoning behind choosing that title um ironically incidentally um my mate chip from molly and the crows who played drums on that ep i didn't tell him what the title was and i sent him the link to it he's like are you serious and he sent me a link. He sent me a link to like his his um, high school band, and their first EP was called "Rearranging Deck Chairs on the Titanic." And I was oh. like, "Yeah, no way! What are you? What are you serious? <laughs> How has that happened, or or is it completely coincidental?" I don't think he. I, I guess as high school kids, they probably didn't have the same like reasoning for calling their EP that, mm. but it was just a a strange coincidence. And I was like, "You've played on two EPs now that are both called <laughs> Rearranging Texture with, with the same name." <laughs> and you recorded um you recorded with a bloke from Nerdlinger. Did you do that this time? Yeah, yeah. So all six songs are all done with, with antics. Him, with antics. So I've been sitting on these songs for ages, and it got to the point where like. I was like, I do not want to be sitting on these songs when 2024 rolls around. Like, they're ready yeah. to go. Why haven't I done anything about this? So pulled my finger out of my ass and got it, got it all sorted. But, yeah, all six songs done with antics. Um, originally, when I took the songs to him, I had like 10 or 15, and we picked the best of the best, which is can be quite a hard process sometimes because, you know, you're like, I wrote this. I'm very proud of this. How come it's – but you need that person to tell you. Like, basically, when like when you're working with a producer, it's like, I picked you because you know more about this than I do, and I trust your judgment. So, like, I will do what you tell me. So we picked these songs, and they were originally meant to be just, like, one voice, one guitar. Yeah. And he turned around to me when we were about to start. Like, he was listening to them, the, like, the final listen through, and he's like, you've paid for this whole big studio. Like, he's got a full-on – comprehensively you can do whatever you want need to do in the studio you pay for this studio i have plenty of equipment it would be a shame if we didn't put it to use so we started to build like arrangements around these songs and then you get like you get like concentrate you get um days weeks months and years 
and a couple of the other ones that have like full band arrangements with drums and electric guitar and stuff. And we kind of built that around the skeletons of the song. So what's the date of the EP launch? It's uh, the 17th? Uh, November 17th is the release date. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm relieved as maelstrom of emotions. I like that word. Uh, but like this combination of like relief, excitement, um, anxiety to put it out, like, especially as a solo artist, like in a band, like you've kind of got like that group collective mentality of like, we're putting this out together. Like, you know, as a solo artist, like it feels a bit more, you feel a bit more vulnerable. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad that the EP is coming out because I've always been, you know, a warrior for people just getting things done and finishing a product and having it out to the people, even if it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I- I've got this friend, uh, he he listens to podcast. I won't say his name, but like always on his back, and he's one of the he's the most talented guy I've ever met. He's like, oh, I'll do that EP. I'll do it. I'll do it. But we've been talking about this for a couple of years. I'd love to, for people listening to know that. Yeah, it's scary. You're putting yourself out there, and I'm sure these songs that are on your record and what uh, what I've already heard are very like close to your heart and, and whatnot. But if you don't put it out, what if? You know, you're always going to think that. Yeah. Um, mistakes in life are necessary, but I don't really call them mistakes. Actually, I just they're lessons. They're not mistakes. Mm. Lessons. Like you have to. How are you gonna essentially like why leave the house for fear of getting hit by a bus? Like yes, exactly. Just, just do it. In what? What's his name? Shayla Boo. Shayla Boo. Just do it. Just do <laughs> the thing. Like what is stopping you? What is like the opinions of three different people? Like three people are the reason that you're not doing this. Like how pathetic is that? Just do it. And I, you know, there's a couple of things like creative endeavors that I've had where that has been the mentality where I've been like, no, I'm too afraid of what people think. And then, you know, you kind of like get it, express it to, you talk about it with friends or something and they, they impart that wisdom. It's like, why? It's just three people. Like, is is that the reason you're not doing this? hundred percent. But you know, one day you're 30, one day you're 40, one day you're 50. You know, you hope you get to your 60s and 70s, but you do not want to look back and go, oh, I was going to do this and I was going to do this and I was going to release this. And then people look at you and go, well, why didn't you? You only really regret the things you don't do. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and, and I'm stoked that I'm stoked that this is coming out and it's sort of, I'm sure for you, it's like, let's get it out. Let's hopefully get people enjoying it, listening to it, singing it, whatever. I've got my stories out there, but you can sort of push it to the side eventually and start new. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've got, I've got a couple of things in the pipeline um, after this to start work or continue working off or finishing off. Um, one is a, a book, a collection of poetry and brain dumps that I've, nice. I've uh, put together. It started through lockdown. That was one of the things that um, my friend, Monica Strutt, who is in a band called the last martyr from Melbourne. Yeah. Um, she, um, she's like a band coach and I was, and I used to play in a band with her. And we had a chat um, and she was one of the, the people, the catalysts that inspired me to actually like have the, the self-confidence to put those onto paper. And then I started putting them on Instagram and someone, a couple of people suggested that I should put it into a book. The first one was a comment and I was like, I'm so glad that's public because other people will see that and then be like, yeah, why not? Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, fuck it. Why not? So I'm putting that together. I've got over in the UK while I was over there, I, um, had the chance to record one of the sets live in York. 
Oh, nice. Um, and the quality is great. Like that, that's just the thing that they do with that venue. Like, and luckily for me, it was one of the better performances that I like the stronger performances of the tour, which is perfect. It couldn't have worked better. But um, so that's a thing. There's plenty of things. I've, I've already got four new songs ready to build into full band things. Who knows? There's probably a few songs on there that you haven't released yet that could become your biggest and your best songs. Yeah, I think the other the the two so I put four singles out. The two that are unreleased, maybe it's because I haven't had to like constantly listen to them and reshare like the audio and you know have them in my ear all the time. But they're probably my two favorite. Well, you're gonna have to send them over. Absolutely, I'll send you a link right after this. <laughs> and we we both follow the same poet. Yeah, Darby, Darby, Darby. That's right. I bought his book. I've been thinking about doing that. Darby yeah. Hudson, but he's, his writing style is so cool. It's just in your face. Like, yeah, that's life, man. Yeah, he kind of like approaches things in this way that is so unconventional. But, I mean, unconventional in a way that's like you would never, you could stare at an object for 3,000 years and never come to the same conclusion that he has come to in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's 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 baffling. It's, and I love that shit because it really like opens your mind to other new ways to look at things. Yes. Um, and if it resonates, it resonates. And that's great. Like that's the whole point. I love that he says that he goes to this same um, place to write his poetry. He, he takes a bottle of red and some paper and a pen and he goes and finds this forest. This is in the middle of the night too. And he just sits there and he just writes poetry under the moon. I'm like, man, that's cool. And to to be like to just get into that zone, like he's achieved this thing where he's he's kind of like broken a lot of shackles that society kind of places around most people. And he's done the hard work and he's kind of broken that. And he's just he's just a free human being. And I absolutely love that. Where he can just like in the middle of the night just grab a bottle of red and go into the forest and write some poetry. If that's not freedom, I don't know what is. I love that. Yeah. Oh, he's he's amazing. Anyone anyone listening should go and check out Darby Hudson. I love that you're drinking a tea and I've just cracked a beer. <laughs> oh, this is my coffee that I got. Oh, this is a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. Exactly. Just before I turned on the Zoom, I was like, I might have a beer. I've done all my work for today. Why not? Yeah, fuck yeah, smashed it. Um, the gig, December. Uh, people yes. can catch you in, in action. You're playing this Fangs Fest. Heaps of people on the bill too. Oh, I was stoked. Like I've there, yeah, there are plenty. So I didn't know that Ed was doing that show. But when we got sent the the flyers, that's when I found out who was playing. And I'm like, no fucking way. I'm playing a show with Loser. I love Loser. I really yeah. like you have come across them. Uh, early on, like, uh, maybe two years ago, someone told me to put them on the podcast or something. Yeah. I, I, I think they're really strong songwriters. I really like having known nothing about them. Like I, I always find as well, like you can develop a, a more personal connection with the band if you know them personally, or if you know the story and that's the whole point of like you know, PR right. and press and stuff like that. But I know nothing about this band. I just fell in love with the music. I was like, fuck, these guys are mad. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a party. Like a, a good Saturday, December 9th. Yep, a couple of weeks before Christmas. Everyone's feeling good. Everyone's happy. Weather's it was good. Perfect timing as well. I was like, when I got asked to do it, um, I was like, this is perfect. I'm planning to put out my EP. It could go hand in hand. Well, Blake, thanks for jumping on the street press for the second time. Rearranging chairs on the Titanic. Deck chairs. Deck chairs on the Titanic is coming yeah, out. It's a mouthful. I know. <laughs> I've um, I've drew inspiration from. Remember that that era when like it was just 
the style at the time to make your song titles as long as possible. Oh, Fallout Boy started that. It was all <laughs> yes, Fallout Boy's fault. And Fallout Boy. <laughs> um, and I was like, this has this has remnants of of two thousands emo. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on, man. We'll uh, make sure that, well, I'll make sure that I listen to it and um, I'll send it to you. Yeah. I'm sorry, be... I haven't done that. <laughs> like I <laughs> said in the email, like I was like, I, I can't remember what I did yesterday. Like there's so much shit going on then. Like someone says, what did you, what, how was last night? And I was like, I have to look at my calendar to remember what I did last <laughs> To see what you actually did. Oh, yeah. man. Right. That show. Yeah. That was mad. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm terrible. Yeah. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Like it's always good to chat. There he is, Blake Gutierrez, singer-songwriter from the Inner West and a good friend of mine. Go and check him out. He just turned 30, actually. So uh, happy birthday, Blake. We did the interview shortly before his 30th, but he is now the big 3-0. Life just goes downhill from there. <laughs> but, yeah, he's got a website. Go to blakegutierrez.com. Check him out on Instagram. I've got all the links in the show notes below. You can pre-save his EP that helps obviously with gaining followers, gaining traction on release day, which is only two days away. Just go to his website and the pre-save link is there. All right, it's time for this. Letters. Yes, this is the part of the show called Letters. You write it, I read it. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters or you can click on the show notes and say anything you want. Just write on into the show and I might read it out. I'm just pulling up one now. Yes, this one is from Bob. Last week's episode, I played another snippet of Kyle Sandilands playing my band, The Ritter Kids, on the radio. And Bob wanted to know if, did you get a spike in downloads after his shout-outs? I'm curious to see how much something like that would get you dudes out there. We did. We got an initial spike of plays on the song that Kyle played, which was Breakthrough by The Ritter Kids, and uh, that was really fantastic. But you got to remember, <laughs> Kiss 106.5 is the station that Kyle's on, and I suppose it's targeted towards women who probably don't like punk rock music. So, (laughs) but we did get a few extra streams, which was really nice. But, you know, you don't expect things from that sort of stuff. It's nice when it happens. Obviously, a shout out's always cool. Yeah, we got a couple of hundred extra plays, maybe a few more followers, but it was nothing to write home about. So this weekend, the band is playing a show with you and my. We're playing at Everglades in Woolwe. If you want to come and see us play, you can get tickets at theritzykids.com. And I think it's a good time right now to talk about another good friend of mine, Tim Travers. He's out there. He listens to the podcast. He is an incredibly good artist. He's an incredibly good designer. He's an even better bloke. And he designs all of the Ritzy Kids merch. Anything that you've seen Ritzy Kids related, it's all Tim Travers. So if you are in a band or maybe just in a business and you want something designed, go and check out Tim Travers. I just like giving him a shout out because uh, he, he deserves it. If you like what I'm doing on this podcast, you can support the pod for $4 a month. You can click the link in the show notes. It is a membership, $4 a month, and that'll get you a mug eventually. <laughs> I'm still working on that. And uh, a bunch of other stuff. You can join the members area. You can ask questions, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. It's there if you want to help out. I think that'll do this week. Hope you have a great week. Next week, we've got someone on the podcast who has been the most requested the most requested person on this podcast will be joining us next week. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully have your ears here next week. Until then, ta-da. Ta-da.